You're listening to The Digital Pulse, powered by Modia, where we discuss everything you need to know on digital trends and strategy in healthcare. Now let's dive headfirst into this episode. Here's your host, Brian Palmer. All right, so today I am joined by Otto Angulo. He's the Senior Director of Digital Marketing at Mount Sinai, which is one of the largest health systems in New York State. Now, Otto comes from a career outside of healthcare, and we dive into his role, you know, you know, and how he tries to bring retail experience to healthcare. We talk about what makes healthcare different from the other industries and how Mount Sinai has taken a fresh approach to the marketing and new patient acquisition. So we also get into the very hot topic of AI and how Mount Sinai is using it, and I finish off with my favorite blue sky question, which is where I ask him that if no barriers existed for him and his team, what would he be doing? So let's dive in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, so so Otto, thanks so much for being here. Um, really do appreciate it. And I know you, you and I have had several conversations, always a pleasure. For those that don't know you or your role or what you do, I would love for you to start. Just give me a little bit about your role at Mount Sinai, some of the day-to-day, the teams, projects you're on, what, um, just kind of like that little overview, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, um, you know, thank you, Brian. So my name is Otto Angulo. I'm a senior director at Mount Sinai Health System, which is a uh, health system based out of New York City. It's one, um, it has multiple hospitals, eight hospitals and over 6,000 6, doctors and over 4,200 employees. It's one of the biggest systems in, in New York State, as well as one of the top ranked uh, hospitals in the, in, in the U.S., um, my, you know, my day to day is, you know, it's changing every day, but the basic things that my role are, um, I'm the data guy, I'm the guy that has, you know, connects all the campaigns, you know, from how to, you know, how to conceive it, how to plan it, how to build it, how to track it, and then how to report it. Um, so, um, that's one of the parts. The other part is the optimization, the search engine optimization and, um, and online reputation, you know, and some of you might think, what, what does online reputation have to do is like, you know, uh, but online reputation is becoming more and more important for hospitals because it's, it's something that is, is, um, is key because as you all go and purchase products online, you go to Amazon, the first thing you do is you read up reviews. Yeah. The same happens with yeah. healthcare. In healthcare, you know, people thought it was like, you know, like if you're the number one hospital in the, in the U.S. or the world, that's where you're going to get patients in from. Nowadays, no, people are shopping for providers, yeah. and so we need to we need to work that, and it's part of the campaign and the and the acquisition channel. So, um, my role, you know, is is sort of like that digital front door, and how do you get that digital front door to get the acquisition organically or with paid methods? Um, and I've been doing this in multiple industries. I've, I've been in healthcare for a little over five years, but before that I've been in, uh, entertainment, fashion, retail. And so that, um, you know, kind of bridging all this, all these different categories helps, uh, helps me kind of work and understand, you know, and I, 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 I had, uh, you know, kind of a great conversation with one of my mentors when I started healthcare, because I was like, you know, I don't get it. <laughs> You know, why does healthcare, you know, compare, you know, why are they trying to build this digital front door? And he was like, think about this is 
you know, every hospital is your store. Yeah. And each store has its departments, which are your different, you know, your cancer department or orthopedics department. And those, those departments have doctors, which are your product that you're selling. So think about healthcare is another e-commerce platform. And it, it's another e-commerce. And what you're doing and you're putting out there is that. And so with that, it just clicked, immediately clicked to me. And it's that, you know, it helped me understand that, you know, it, even though it's a services industry and I had worked in the services industry at PwC and consulting, it's a different, it's a different perspective. And that connects all the dots between retail and healthcare. So, you know, those are kind of, you know, kind of like my background in my day to day. Um, you know, I, I also, you know, I, I run some of the MarTech. I own some of the, the MarTech to be able to do all this different acquisitions, CRM, email, automation, all these pieces are, are part of my, my day to day as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, that's, that's a really interesting way to describe a health system being kind of like the e-commerce store. And I know that, you know, you, you come from a, a story, you know, career outside of healthcare. And even though, even though you've been in healthcare five years, I still consider that to be pretty early in healthcare. I've been in healthcare three years, basically, because I had some clients prior to coming here. So I'm still like, I've been in here a nanosecond. But what are some of the main differences that you see? So, I mean, obviously there's, there's privacy and there's certain types of data that you can or cannot collect and use. But from coming from e-commerce or other industries and coming into healthcare, what are some of those kind of those those main differences that you see that stand out when you're marketing for Mount Sinai? So I think, uh, you know, in healthcare, what, what makes healthcare uh, a little bit different, you know, is, is the regulations. But I think you know, yeah. but the one thing is the regulations exist everywhere. Like regulations still exist in retail, regulations exist in, in services, in hospitality. Everywhere you go, there's, there's, there's some sort of rules that you got to, follow the one thing in healthcare is that you know this 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 data is it has additional protections you know we have the same abilities that you know a retail store can do and i can you know i can email a patient with information the same way as a retail can do but i cannot be specific and saying like hey i know you need this blue nike shoes i cannot tell you that hey you need to have this x procedure because you know you're propensed but i can i can guide you through that so it's it's um it's it's a relationship that you know that is is more it's an indirect relationship with that consumer you know you you know usually you know when you get a, a retail or something communication or something or an ad it's very specific because you know you already have either thought of an action or done an action that kind of gave you to that you know, in, in healthcare, you have to be, you know, le less direct. You cannot, you know, because you're looking at, you know, at, you know, you know, baby clothes. You cannot assume that this person is pregnant and needs, you know, OBGYN products. You know, we cannot assume those things. And, you know, we cannot use, you know, some of those third party data sources to say like, hey, you know, like Nike knows that you went to, you know, to some other store and that can potentially mean that you need Nike shoes. And kind of get retarded, right? Healthcare is, is different, so that kind of is one of the differences. But 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 you know, one of the things that we have is that we have a lot of data and we have a lot of insights, and we can create those 
nurturing capabilities and those and and it becomes a little bit you know more of a relationship that is different with with retail like you're not you know like you know you're either an Nike guy or a puma guy or an adidas guy you know with healthcare you know it's a little bit of a nurturing you are not really you know you're near you know and and that's you know there's many studies that have come out that that patients are brand agnostic they only they go they follow a doctor if there was if the doctor was in Mount Sinai they stay they go and then he goes to Presbyterian they go within if they go to Northwell they go to Northwell there's people that do that so you're either following your doctor or following your care or the other thing that you do is convenience and that's where like this online reputation I was talking earlier becomes very important right. where you know you're identifying the right thing the right doctor because it's close to your location and more in New York City, it's a convenience play. You know, there's a hospital in every corner. <laughs> yeah. You go, you walk out. This, you know, I walk out, and in front of my my apartment in New York City, there is an urgent care. Why would I want to drive? You know, you know, twenty minutes, or get on the subway for twenty minutes to go visit a doctor if there, you know, if I have an emergency or go to yeah, emergency. So. Isn't I mean, isn't that like I I really feel like hopefully really soon we're going to start seeing more hospitals thinking like those brands so that if you know instead of going to the urgent care around the corner i have brand loyalty and i might drive the 20 minutes because i know the people there i like the facilities i've gotten great care there and it's my health i'm talking about so i definitely think that from from what i've seen especially from the consumer first approach you know that it's it's moving towards that loyalty um are you all focusing much on on building that loyalty in the branding of Mount Sinai too? Is that a- Definitely, definitely that is that is one thing, you know, and, and I think, you know, New York City is a little bit different than a lot of other cities around the United States because, you know, the competition is is, is incredible. We have, yeah, you know, true. all four hospitals that are, you know, almost in the honor roll, you know, right next to each other. And then there's, you know, a few other smaller ones, you know, across, across the bridge in New Jersey, yeah. Or going north in the Bronx, so so it's a saturated market, and so people, you know, are are doing communities. I think there is that loyalty, and I think people are realizing that, and you know, talking to people and seeing what their patterns are, people are becoming more, and you know, and and the doctors are you know becoming a little bit more, um, are becoming a little bit more kind of old school. In, and when I say old school is, you know, I'm looking back to when my grandfather was a doctor. My grandfather was a friend of the family he was treating. And like, you know, then, you know, the kids of that family were my grandfather's patients, et cetera, et cetera. And that was kind of like, it was, a, it was part of the, hmm. the, the ecosystem, you know, kind of like the, the way that families work. Nowadays, like, you know, you're not friends with your doctors unless you're like, you know, it's like you're like your right, true exactly. friend. But your doctor is becoming, you know, a closer connection and a closer knit. You know, there's there's facility there's been we've been facilitating that to the patient. Now the patient can write an email to the doctor and not have to wait, you know, for her to do a call or something like that. And the doctor can reply, you know, almost instantaneously. Yeah. Uh, so it creates that bond that didn't exist before, you know, with healthcare. So that adds, and then the doctors, you know, are becoming more proficient and saying like hey you know you you might need you know you know you are having this you know 
this is my recommendation for your cardiologist. The cardiologist is insane. The same network. They also think it's like, oh, it's close to where you live, et cetera, et cetera. And also, you know, the practices that we're building are becoming more, you know, more are becoming bigger and becoming more, you know, diversified. So when I say diversified, it's like, you know, it's just not primary care doctors. There's orthopedists, there's dermatologists, there's cardiologists, there's neurologists. So you can have all of that in one section. Um, so, so definitely, uh, you know, definitely that is happening. And I think, and the other thing that we're doing is we're building tools and resources to help with that. So, you know, instead of you walking outside and saying like, Hey, I need an urgent care, you know, we're building tools. So like you're online and say like, Hey, you know, I'm having, you know, this type of pain, you know, what should I do? And you can kind of ask someone, you know, using AI and using, you know, all these different you know things that we're doing and you can get an answer immediately you can get you know so, you know you can get access immediately to a virtual doctor you know a real doctor that is going to prescribe you and say like hey well you know this thing's a little bit more serious you know i need you to go to the doctor or go to this place or refer you know and you can get prescribed so that is something that yes definitely it's changing and it's it's changed a lot more since COVID and since the pandemic because of the convenience people were you know were 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 looking for convenience and we we basically did you know build that model you know we made that happen you know because that's was the way things were yeah no that's all great points and you mentioned you mentioned ai which i know is the biggest you know topic right now in healthcare is that something you all are exploring are you using that on your team for for any of your initiatives or is it still kind of in the infancy stage as you see it so you know i think you know it there is a lot of tools you know ai has been you know with us for a long long time we've been using ai you know in healthcare or healthcare you know for the healthcare side in you know for the treatment patient side for many years yeah uh on the marketing side, we've been using it without being exposed to the public. You know, I think, you know, Chat GTP just opened this, you know, faucet, you know, and yeah, kind of say that. like, hey, AI is here. Well, AI is not being here. AI has been here since 1950. There's, you know, AI has been here for, you know, for many, many years. The only thing is that, you know, people were using it without even knowing that it was there, you know. Uh, you know, if you think about, you know, in in, in in the in in the 2010s when the when the assistants came out, you know that all the you know the series, all the Google, you know, all the different things, those were those are AI yeah, yeah, powered yeah. by AI. Yeah. But people didn't talk about AI at that point in time because it was Siri or it was Google Assistant or it was you know, Amazon Echo or whatever it was. Yeah, it wasn't that so, broad term of just AI. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it, the term AI, you know, became, you know, really, really, really important or famous, you know, three months ago or six months ago when, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe six, more, a little bit more than six months when, when Chad GDP said, like, you know, we opened Generative AI to everyone, you know, sign up for our demos and then Microsoft joined and then Google joined the whole plate and so now everybody is in that and there's you know and and it's it's sort of like you know and and the the way that people put it is that you know generative ai is like it's like the light bulb 
you know, or light or electricity. You know, as soon as, you know, somebody, you know, electricity, there was, you know, electricity in smaller places and smaller, and then electricity just exploded and needed to be done, you know, in masses because everybody needed. AI is, has been there, but it's now open to the public and everybody can and could use it. And it's really interesting. We started using it, you know, and we've done some tests, you know, on the social side, on the social media side, um, you know, to help us kind of expand, you know, on topics. We're not using it and say like, hey, chat GTP, write this, and I'm going to post it on Facebook. Yeah, post it like every Friday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we use it as a way of like, hey, like we have this general post, you know, how do we, you know, how do we, you know, improve it or optimize it to for LinkedIn or for Twitter or for X. I don't know how it's going to be yeah. called now or for Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in this, and so we've done that. The other thing that we've done is, um, you know, on our for our emails, you know, we we have writers that help us with like the content and, and things like that. And we um, and we up, you know, we we kind of use, you know, we've identified that you know Google's AI has a little bit more like personal touch, you know, in the healthcare side. And so we, you know, we we use Bard and we kind of ask to kind of get us, you know, a little bit of a version and it's kind of interesting to see when we compare the the the, the ones made by a human versus the ones made by by you know like supported not made by that, supported right. by ai our clicker rates you know went up a little bit you know it, you know i don't know if you know it's an anomaly or something but like our tests that we've done it, it's it's helped so you know i think it's 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 going to be interesting and you know well, we're going to see a lot of more things, you know, and we've, you know, like I said, AI has been with us like you know, for a long time, for a long, long time. You know, if you use the search, you know, in Google, that's there's a lot of AI behind. If you use the search in a lot of the websites that you use, you know, in Amazon, that's AI, and it's been powered by AI for a long, long time. And yeah. so, you know, now it's just public, and so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what, yeah, where it goes. That's great points. That's great points, and I. I I really, you know, kind of love your insight on that too. And you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Martech and how that's that that's a big part of your role too. I know that you recently spoke at a summit on Martech, and one of those things that I know that you posted that you're going to be talking about is where should organizations be spending on Martech? I know that was kind of a big thing. Can you give like a thirty thousand foot elevator, you know, elevator pitch kind of thing on where organizations should be spending Martech? You know, like because I think I think that's well, really interesting. You know, I think, you know, th that's, you know, you know, and, 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 and I, and it's, uh, you know, it's not where you need to spend. I think, you know, everybody's different. And so that's, you know, where the question that everybody thinks. And, you know, when you talk to like a big, you know, software company or like a SaaS company, they all say like, we are like the one that you need. And, you know, when you start evaluating, you might not be the right person. And that might not be the right thing for your budget. And so I think... What it is is the education that you need and the way that you build your team around marketing technology is what is going to take you for the success. You know, there's no perfect cookie cutter scenario. You know, and I think, you know, one of the things that I, that I said during, during that and my kind of my conclusion of, um, you know, that I, that I wanted to share with the people that I, that I, that I, that I presented is that, you know, market is not, MarTech is not perfect. Market, MarTech is not, you know, 
for everyone. Yeah. And then there is a division, there's, there's a fragmentation within companies because there's the word technology in this and that technology needs to be the one that owns this, not marketing. Right. And so there's a push and pull and it's where do you bring that and bridge that? You know, marketing technology is called marketing technology is because it needs to be in marketing. And, but you cannot be alienated from IT. You have to be there. And that the, the way that marketing technology is going to be successful for you is if you set a goal of what you want to achieve with it, you know, Salesforce is not perfect for everyone. Right. Upstart is not perfect for everyone. Uh, you know, you might be a MailChimp person because, you know, the size of your organization. So, you know, you can only afford that. You cannot afford Salesforce or you cannot do that. Um, and the one thing is it will keep evolving. And like, it's like, a, you know, like AI. AI is changing every day. And so is AI right for me? You know, it's the same kind of question is, well, what MarTech is correct is right for me or what AI is right for me. Right. I think you have to write the right resources or the right people to understand that, you know, and there's a lot of companies that spend a lot of money on MarTech because um, they, they don't, you know, they don't have the right, you know, the right people because, you know, a vendor, you know, comes by and say like, Hey, evaluate this. And they're like, they show you, you know, at this point we started losing autos audio. So, we had to figure out how to get his earbuds to turn back on. Well, that, now it sounds good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all good. No, uh, worries. no worries. Yeah. So, no, what I was saying is that, like, you know, and that's, that's a dilemma for a lot of, you know, and, and you know, for, for, for us that are under CMOs because the CMOs get shown this shiny object and you have to be aware that this is not a shiny object that is not going to work for you a hundred percent right right immediately you know if, if it, you know there's there's integrations there's it there's all these different things that you have to do you know the reason the demos usually work is because they build it to be this shiny object yeah and so you have to be objective and you have to be something you know like it's like there's this great cartoon that i that i found out from um, Mr. Market Marketunist, I don't know if you've ever seen. No, I don't think so. And so, you know, I know that you don't have a, you're not, you, you know, this is this is only audio, but uh, just so you could see what I was saying is like that's the shiny object, is that people, you know, like let's buy all this stuff, and then like they buy it, but they don't have the right people, and then, you know, we need to buy more stuff to make it work. <laughs> Now we need to calculate the ROI. Now we need to calculate. So yeah, yeah, we need to do visual. Yeah, you know the visual is 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 really impactful. But the right thing is that that you know you have to have a plan and you have to have a goal and that you have to have the right people and that Martech has a bad name because Martech, you know, they show the shiny object it doesn't work. It becomes an expense. And then, you know, it's the person that, you know, like you are the one that had the issue. But if you, but if you're the right person, you have the expertise, you know, you understand the cost, that there's no other, all those things, you know, you will be successful. So, yeah, you have a good point. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think I answer your question of what is the perfect, you know, perfect or like the best answer of what's the best market no, think... for your organization. 
is, you know, is, 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 a, it's a whole concept of things. No, I love that answer too, because, you know, I think that's, I don't know, maybe subconsciously that's what I was trying to pull out too, was the fact that it's not, it's not a one size fits all. Everything's going to be different. And yeah, your organization's going to have different needs as you pointed out. So I thought that was perfect. And I appreciate that. Um, as we near the finish line here, the, the question I like to ask everybody that I talk to is if you take away any obstacles. So in your, in your line of work, your team, the things that you want to do, right? So you budget's not an issue. There's no stakeholder, you know, obstacles to get over. You can do anything you want, whether it's one initiative, one campaign, or it's setting just, you know, the right foundation for something in the future. What, what would Otto's team and Mount Sinai be doing? And like, what would you be focusing on? So, you know, I think, you know, I'm on, the, the way that I want to answer this is that, you know, it took me, you know, I've been in Mount Sinai almost three years and I've been kind of looking at some of the things and it took me a while to kind of be able to put this business case to say like, you know, we have the tools, we have the right things, but we don't have the, you know, we don't have the right partner or we don't have the right setup. Yeah. And we need to do that. So, um, you know, it's, you know, in some instances, it's not about having, you know, li unlimited resources or unlimited, you know, budget or, you know, all the tools or the MarTech that you need. I think it's being able to set a goal of what you want to achieve. And so, you know, one of the things that we couldn't do at Mount Sinai two and a half years ago or almost three years when I started is understand that, you know, from you know, a lead to the revenue, it was kind of like, it was a, it was, it was a fragmented line, but it was a fragmented line because there was a, there was a lack of connections between things. And so, you know, it's taken us a lot of time to be able to put that, you know, build, you know, fill in the gaps of those, of those fragments. And now we're building this platform. We're rebuilding our, our CRM infrastructure to be to, that you know to fill all the gaps and now we can kind of see from end to end without any any issues um but you know we were able to see and now we are able to see like you know for every dollar that we spend you know we can get you know x amount of re return we can right. see that and then we can go back to our leadership and we can kind of say that you know hey you know here's what you know we did you gave us this amount of money and we brought you back all this money, mm -hmm. you know, we're not just, you know, and we're changing that concept, you know, that a lot of people, and I was having, a, uh, I was having this conversation with a friend last week where we, you know, marketing is always seen as, you know, a money peak, you know, you just throw, you know, marketing is like, you know, you're always asking for money, you know, you, you were in it, you, you had an agency, you know, and you were like, you Proposal, and then they will come back and say, like, "Hey, you're too expensive." You know, like, "Hey, you know, can we talk this here?" You know, because you know, at the, but at the end, you you knew that whatever you were asking to spend, you know, would drive that goal of yeah. revenue. You know, but there was, you know, sometimes some companies don't have that. You know, and and there's, and there's you know, a lack of data driven success, and so putting all those blocks and stepping stones for me is, you know. It's, it's hurdles that you have to kind of kind of break. I don't think it's about, you know, a, 
you know, a blanket campaign or a campaign. I think if you have all that, you can then identify the right audiences to build the best campaigns. And we've done, we were able to do that. You know, we came up with some campaigns, you know, we, after we were able to connect all the data points, we suggested campaigns that people are like, really? And then we went to strategy and strategies are like, of course, yeah, move ahead. You know, how do you find out that? It's like, well, we have this access now. And so, you know, we, you know, we build as marketing this reputation that is different than the reputation that a lot of marketing departments have, where, you know, we're asking for money or we're, you know, even if we don't ask for money or like we're using our budget that we are assigned correctly and we're assigning it. We're getting it to have the right campaign. Can you, can you back up like 10 seconds? Sorry. Yeah. So um, what I was saying is, you know, when I, well, that now we have been able to build campaigns that are, and understand campaigns that people never thought would be ideal campaigns for, for, for us, because we were able to see the data and say like, hey, we've never done a campaign on X. Why haven't we done? But we get a lot of, you know, like when we look at the, at the margins of this, they're amazing. And the audience is, is fantastic. And so let's go to strategy and we go to strategy and we tell them, it's like, oh, that's amazing. Why, how do you find that? It's like, you know, we have access to data, you know, we've been collaborating together and we see that and having that, that connection and that platform and that to be able to see where you can get, you know, your best rewards and best campaigns makes it easier than just like, I'm going to do this blanket campaign, you know, no matter how much money I need or how many other things, you know, you're now understand is like target audience, target, you know, identify, you can, you know, use, nurture it, do all these different things, and then be able to go all the way down and say like, Hey, yeah, you gave us a thousand dollars. We made you $15,000. Right. And we can kind of do that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Without without giving too much information, can you give an example of what some of those you know new innovative campaigns have been from Mount Sinai? Maybe just like one high level example of what you've done that what might might not have been thought of as a as, as a great campaign that you took to strategy and it actually worked out pretty well. So, for example, like you know, like there's there's this kind of you know in, in healthcare there's always been this this kind of train of thought that uh, uh, OBGYN, you know, campaigns are money losers. And, you know, we were able to see that it was the opposite. And we were able to put something, you know, around OBGYN and target, you know, the right audiences. You know, I know it's, you know, it's, it's you know, and then, you know, it, it kind of becomes, you know, kind of like that part of like you build this, you know, then you can build loyalty because then right. they might have, you know, then they have kids and then the kids can have the pediatricians and, you know, like you're building a life cycle. And so it's part of what you were saying about loyalty and doing that. And so sometimes those things, you know, kind of make, make a difference. So um, you just, you know, when you have access to the data and you have data driven success, it changes the whole perspective. And, uh, I think that for me has made my job easier, you know, easier in the sense that, you know, I can make, you know, the right decisions. It has made it 
harder in the sense that now people want more data because they've seen that that is successful. So my team, you know, now turns over data so much that, you know, like that's becoming a really, really important piece that's of awesome. the success of my team. That's awesome. And, you know, what, what you're doing is what consumers need, you know, more, more targeted communication to the right people at the right time. And I think that's it's really cool hearing about what you all are doing. So um, really appreciate that. And, and again, Anna, thanks so much for your time chatting with me today. Really enjoyed it. Next time we'll talk more soccer. Um, which is which going to be we'll talk, yeah. Or next time we might we might see a, a soccer game together or something. Yeah, like a soccer game, and I'll see you at some upcoming conferences. Um, but yeah, really, thanks so much for taking the time today, and uh, really appreciate it, man. Thanks. No, you're welcome. Thank you, Brian. Lots of conversation and. You've just listened to another episode of the Digital Pulse, powered by Modia. Make sure to subscribe so you'll always stay in the know, and be sure to visit Modia.com. That's M-O-D-E-A dot com for more great content and resources in healthcare. We appreciate you sharing your time with us today, and we look forward to you joining us in the next episode.